man, I, I want to start where all good stories start, man, and um, and start from the beginning, man. And, and so I'll start from the beginning by saying, man, you know, oh, now you all good, man. Uh, you know, you got the chance as a youth, man, to learn from a lot of the in-house producers, man. You learn from, you know, Freddie B. You got a chance to learn from a lot of the early in-house producers, man. What was that experience like for you as a child? Man, for me, honestly, you know, as a kid, you don't really understand, like, how detrimental or important certain things are. So uh, you kind of overlook it, you know, just to be frank. But um, as I got older, bro, I really, really appreciate it, you know, my whole upbringing. I things happened to come together for me, you know. Um, it was it was like having insight, you know what I'm saying, to be able to to get game that young. And now that I'm, you know, they age when they was teaching me, it's um it's useful, it's helpful, it's 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 like I'm a veteran in the in a sense, you know what I'm saying? When I meet people, when I work with most people, they always think I'm like in my older 30s. I'm like, bro, I'm 25, you know what I'm saying? So I um it wouldn't have been none of that though without coming up under Freddie B or Monte or MCSO. Bro, it's uh it's interesting that you you mentioned that early upbringing, man, because you know I got a chance to talk with your mom and she she shared a lot of early memories of you in the stew. Um, yeah. and you know, what's the earliest memory you can recall being in the studio? My earliest memory that I can remember. <sighs> um for me um, I I like I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, it's been so much going on over the years. Like, my early kid years be like a blur for real. Only thing I really remember back then is like once I'm like around six or seven, making beats. You know what I'm saying? Making beats and trying to rap and still just figuring everything out. Cause around that time when I was like seven, eight, nine ish. Like everybody was kind of gone, you know what I'm saying? So like that's the times I really remember. Like me just being in the studio by myself for days, weeks, trying to like really find my own sound and figure out how things work and get my own understanding. You know what I'm saying? So I say like seven, around around like seven. Nah, I fully get that, bro. And that, and that makes sense because that's consistent with around the time you start really, you know, getting ready to jump off the porch. Um, yeah, yeah. Bro, let me ask you, uh, you know, growing up in like a family of musicians and hustlers, like what was childhood like for you, man? Do you feel like people treated you differently? Did you feel like everyone didn't or how, you know, how was that like for you growing up in your family and even in your, you know, your school system, like coming up as a kid? Oh, um, man, it was interesting because I got to see like both sides of like life, you know what I'm saying? Um. I got to see, you know, life from a, a better view, from the greener side of the grass. And I got to see it from the side that's just dirt. You know what I'm saying? So, like, all my aunties and stuff, they kind of, like, raised me for the most part till I was up to, like, 9 to 10, you know. So, it was interesting. Like, you know, people, they'll, they'll treat you based off what they assume. You know what I'm saying? And um, sometimes assumptions, well, most times assumptions are wrong. So, uh, it was interesting, but... I always just, you know, felt kind of like a, a normal kid. Because like I said, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really understand the scope of things. You know what I'm saying? Some things are normal until you get old enough to have the understanding 
to be like, okay. All right, so I uh, that was a unique, you know what I'm saying, experience or uh, childhood. But uh, for the most part, it was cool, man. It was, it's, it's, it's nothing I, I would redo, you know, if I could. Okay, okay. Let me ask you, man, um, you know, when you look at your, your production discography, you know, you, you have a production credit on really one of the, like, one of the most influential albums out there, you know, out the city. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time of a whole movement, man, on DJ Unks, you know, beating down the block album. Um, can you walk us through the process of creating the beat um, that will be on that album? Did you think when you created it at the time that it would be on there? And, you know, of course, we're talking about um, Fresh Dressed. Yeah, yeah, Fresh Dressed with Backbone. Um, man, honestly, that was a beat that I just made, you know what I'm saying? As a kid, it was just another day. I wasn't even thinking placements and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I think, like, I wanted to do songs for big artists and all that other stuff, but I didn't really understand, you know, how things work. I didn't understand the, uh, the underlying factors and everything else that's, you know what I mean? That's like the real inner workings of it, you know? So at that time, no, nah, I wasn't in the mindset of, damn, this shit might be crazy, you know what I'm saying? But at that time too as well, Monte would take some of my ideas and some of my beats and make them better. So mm-hmm. shit, you know, sometimes he'll hear things that I wouldn't hear. So I think he heard that beat and was like, oh, this really can be something, you know what I'm saying? It helped me kind of co-producing and stuff. So um, I ain't really, I don't, I don't think I felt the way about it. Man, you mentioned but, Monte, oh, go ahead. But my bad, when it was done and the song was on it and shit, you know, everybody was geeked up. Big Core did this beat. And I was like, damn, okay, this is so I guess this is kind of what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? So that moment kind of just confirmed to you that this that you were going in the right direction. Yeah, man. It was um full circle. Okay. You mentioned Monte, and I, I want to ask you, man. Like, how would you, uh, how would you describe the relationship that you have with him, and what makes it different than a relationship you have with even your dad? Monte, man, uh, Monte been there since the beginning, literally. You know, since me and my sisters, all of us was born. So it's like having a big brother. You know what I'm saying? Uh, talk to him about things that I, you know, might not be able to talk to other people about, and he helps me navigate. You know, when I need help trying to figure certain things out to find my way to where I'm trying to go. So uh, it's it's a great dynamic in that relationship that I'm very appreciative of, bro. And uh, it's uh, the asset, especially for me. You know, like it's 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 cool. You know what I'm saying? I can. What makes it different between him and my father is that they from two different eras, so they got two point of views. You know what I'm saying? But I know Monte is ultimately going to really tell me the same thing I kind of can get from my pops, just in a different way. Uh, probably a, a, a way that it get through a little uh, more passive. You know what I'm saying? I get it, man. Salute to Monte, you know, for all the work he's done, you know, for, for the team and just for the city in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, legend. And still going. Fact. Still put on the board. That boy says. His jersey still out there on the field. 
Yeah, he ain't, that's what I'm saying. He still got dirt on. He still making moves. Hey, man, cleats still tied. But yeah. Man. Bro, I was going to ask you, man, you know, uh, I know you you came up learning from Monte, Freddie B, Assault, but uh, is it true that you also, you know, as a child, got a chance to work with other producers around the city too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I got to work with Jazzy Faye early. Yeah, it took a liking to me. And then uh, when I was like around eight or nine, started hanging with Dallas Austin. Hmm. And, and, you know, staying with him and stuff like that. And that's when I started like transitioning as far as my production you know, and where my mind is mentally, creatively. Mentally creative. I know that's kind of crazy. <laughs> but, nah, but that's I, like, got to see a bigger scope on things because he did more at the time as far as genre-wise. You know, Dallas touched pop shit, rock shit, alternative shit. He was, like, the first music rock star, you know, a music producer rock star as far as in our community. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, I got to work with Dallas, man. And as of recently, for the last few years, I've been uh been working close with Tricky Stewart. That's that's been like a blessing. So it's, it's been cool. Man, I remember you mentioning that relationship with Tricky. I can't wait to uh ask you about what y'all might have on Tuck that you might be able to reveal. So Oh yeah. Well, matter of fact, like while we since we here, <laughs> um, and, you know, you did mention the the relationship with Tricky, you know. How long have you been working with Tricky and, and what's come out of you all partnership? Me and Trick, uh, we've been working together now for about 2023, so about four or five years. And um we had like a lot of unreleased records. They got some big, like big features on it. Like one record we had did a while back, Dirk had got on it. It's really like a summer smash, but it just hasn't came out yet. It's for mm -hmm. artists on it. And we uh, worked on like a few sync opportunities together. Worked on my artist, he helped me develop Wix. Well, our artist, he helped me, yeah, he helped me develop Wix. And um, we just EP Kiki Palmer's project together. Mm. Uh, I did five tracks on the and trick. He EP'd the project, so I'm looking forward to that. That should be should be pretty dope. And that's my first, my first. Uh, few R&B placements. So it's cool to, you know, like have that in the discography. Hey man, congrats. Cause I definitely was Googling your discography. Now I know I can add that to the side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Google might got me fucked up, man. They do, but, they do. I'm gonna ask yeah. you about some of them. Cause I, I was like, man, I know you've done more than this, but. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. First couple of uh, R&B joints. <clears throat> okay okay um let me ask you this Corey so you know once you did the Unk record you know I, I kind of looked at your discography looked at some years and I think when you were around 13 you did a record with Gucci man this is uh this is the height of Gucci mania man like yeah. how did uh how did that meeting take place and how did it feel for you at 13 getting to do a record with Gucci man man so that story is actually a dope story. So one day, and Gucci was my favorite rapper at the time. I used to have a fat iPod, right? And I had like 500,000 <laughs> songs on there or some shit. And at least 300 songs of those were Gucci Man songs. Damn. You know what I'm saying? I used to try to rap like them at a point in time. Like, 
Herky, Herky, Super, Fruity, Tissy, which I did all this shit. I used to try to like really rap like Gucci, so that shit was dope. But uh, one day me and Monte, we had the studio, had the office, as you know it, and uh, we're just making beats. And I think he get a call from uh, DJ Holiday. And at the time, you know, Holiday was like hella, hella hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was on fire. And he tell him, I tell you know, y'all come to the studio, pull up, woo, 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 woo. So, you know, I'm over here in the conversation and shit. So I go and I make a beat in five minutes. Make a crazy ass beat in five minutes. And like, this was in like the B room. So we got like demo, demo instruments and demo VSTs. Like these shits ain't even all the way purchased and shit. So I make a little beat on the little software or whatever with the little demo uh, sounds and shit. Monte coming up like, man, this motherfucker hard. Woo, 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 woo. So he programs it. We had the patchwork. Um, I walk in, Gucci in that bitch. Say Tobin and uh, Coach K. This was Coach K was uh, managing Gucci just before, you know, Coach K, we know him now. Uh, and Tracy T. Tracy T, they used to be with MMG. And my boy Corey, Corey Engineering, fucking legendary. So we go over there. They all in there vibed out. Gucci smoking, he got his cup and shit. Big ass jug of hot sauce. I still got the video. Big ass jug of hot sauce. They told me that motherfucker, OGs, they told me with the braids and the keyboard. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, I don't know, goddamn, you know what I'm saying? Like, sheesh. And um, bro, I think that's the first beat we played. And Gucci hit that motherfucker and goes crazy. And before he, I, mean, I think after he cut, he said, this going on the album. Damn. And that shit went on the album. They shot a video to it and everything. But yeah, bro, the car came unexpected. I made the beat in five minutes and shit, you know, shit, everything came together. And bro, thank you for sharing that story because I don't know if anybody ever heard that. Nah, 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 you definitely, definitely the first one, bro. So that was a cool experience. But you know what I'm saying? Shit like that, it'll make you feel like, especially at a young age, you're like, damn, does it always go like this? When I said, as I learned, nah, nah, it don't always go like that. But super dope, you know opportunity and experience nonetheless yeah man i've heard you kind of talk about uh how hard it is to get placements and 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 get things to that next level and it's a lot of it's a side of the game that artists don't really think about before they get in it yeah but uh you know because everybody's thing is i want to get on the playlist Mm -hmm. and i'm i just want to be up out of there but it's a slow build getting on television shows and you know i've I've heard you you know i've heard you talk about that so Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a grind, bro. It's uh, you got to think, bro. It's like a hundred thousand songs coming out a day or some shit. It's probably at least a million producers. You got to be more than a million rappers, artists, or singles or whatever you wanna, you know, try to go for. So it's 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 just a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? And to to get niggas' attention, it's like a needle in a haystack. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. It's uh, it's just a combination of time, chance, you know, God, right place, right time, all of those stuff. Sure. And hard consistency, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm seeing now. Like these last year, last these last two years, it's the most consistent I ever been. You know what I'm saying? As far as a producer and in my production career, and uh, you know, the results changing. Bro, yeah. so, you know, you have kind of like a, a crazy story in the sense of like, man, you made one of your early beats before you even 10. 
And then from there, bro, you're in high school. You making production credits for the, the biggest artist at the time, Gucci Man, Two Chains. Like, I guess the the question I would say now is like, when you look back at like what you were doing in high school before you were even like fifteen, you know, what are some of your proudest moments? Like, what are some of the proudest times that you remember when you like? I know the Gucci story is one, but was your work with Two Chains equally on that level, or was there any other beat that we may not know of that you produced that you felt really proud of? I think at that time for me, bro, like the placements and shit, um, they were good, you know what I'm saying? But I think it was more the experiences. You know what I'm saying? I got way more experiences than accolades, you know, so. And then I seen it on a bigger scope. You know, by the time I'm 14, 15, you know, big on records as a label, we done had shit, two or three, four hits in a lot of streets. So. I'm like, you know, at that time, I'm just getting album placements. You know, I'm not really doing any singles or anything. So it was uh, it was more like, the, I think, the experiences and, 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 and all the things I got to see kind of like excited me or made me more or, or made me more excited than um, than like the actual placements. You know what I'm saying? But when I look at the trajectory of how things went, I'm glad like I didn't get no hits or nothing back then. Like, it would have been like a super great story, 14-year-old, number one hit, whatever, but I probably would have burnt out. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. At that time, it was just like, I was just really glad to just have a lot of experience, bro, and just see all the things I got to see and get to see. What did high school look like for you, Corey? Where uh, you could share where you went to school, or what, what did high school look like for you, man? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, high school for me was different, bro. Um, ninth grade, I went to uh, Sandy Creek, and that shit was cool. But you know, like we from the city, so that wasn't like the type of area for me, so to say. You know, so I kind of like rebelled that whole year. And um, my grades was fucked up. I didn't even pass ninth grade that year. Mm. And um, I left, and I ended up doing homeschool. I told my folks, I'm like, you know, if I do homeschool, I can get more work done, and I can um, make bees, and, and I can pass. I'm gonna pass. I'm a, my grades gonna be good. So I ended up doing homeschool, and I ended up graduating a year early, even though I failed ninth grade. Damn. Yeah, so my grades was good. I always had good grades, like high high ass testing scores and shit. And it's, it's not like I failed because I was dumb. I failed just because goddamn, I didn't want to be there and I didn't show no effort. You know what I'm saying? So uh, high school for me, I didn't go to high school. I went to the proms and shit, but as far as like every day and going to the games and you know all the old like high school experiences that everybody get. Nah, I skipped all that shit. Nah, I was doing other shit around that time too. I, you know, you get older, and um, you want to experience life a little more. So that's kind of what I was. You know, man, when you were in high school, like like you said, man, your your dad and the label was already in another stage. You know what I'm saying? So let me ask you, man, because, you know, you, you've you mentioned it. You've been one of the few people that have talked about the impact of it, man. You know, I know how 
influential Monte was. But man, what was it like seeing, you know, I guess baby D, you know, even though you didn't kind of see all of the glory like in his early days, but what was it like kind of just being able to see him in the city move around and see people talk about his impact? To me, bro, like from what I know, you know what I'm saying, how I used to see it, baby D was like the first hood star. You know what I'm saying? Like women love baby D. Still to this day, you know what right. I'm saying? Baby, he was one person that can wiggle around the city, bro, and anywhere he go, he's good. You know, right. and he going straight to VIP, he going straight to the DJ, he going straight to the owner. You know, all the niggas is working the parking lot. Any nigga from the door to the parking lot to the booth to the food staff, Baby D going to be straight the whole way around. Still to this day, I can go places with Baby D and I don't got to spend no money. And we're going to be around, you know, it's going to be a vibe. Like, shit, we ain't going to just be no bystanders, you know what I'm saying? So, Baby D, he was that guy. He was that guy, bro. It's, it was, and niggas know, if you really allow me, you know Baby D. That's just like the other day, bro, I'm in LA. I'm out here in fucking LA on the West Coast. Mind you, Baby D never had a, like a real hit. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, he was a hood star. He was, he was a hood star. You know what I mean? He had big deals and shit, but you know, other things happened. But, um, man, I'm in a session with a guy and his music supervisor. He from LA. Uh, he he gets to start. He gets to talking about his old Atlanta experiences and all of those stuff. And uh, you know, big on come up and big on records and on camp. He like, man, Baby D, what happened to Baby D? He's like, man, that dude was really dope to me. Like, I really really fuck with him. Woo 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 And I was like, damn, like fucking Baby D. You know what I'm saying? I'm all the way on the fucking West Coast. You know what I'm saying? This dude from Carson, California, like. So the impact definitely was um it was real and it was organic. You know, other things transpired. But um who was to say who got the last word? You know, that boy's still out here working. You're right. You're right. I saw him a month ago, man, and he ain't losing step. Niggas, you know, they showed him that love like he was the mayor. So it, it didn't got, matter. He got new teeth. Well, he got damn baby D still looks like baby D. You're right. Shit is crazy. You're right. Yeah, man. So it was cool, bro. It was um, it was interesting. Man, get how to, old? You know what I'm saying? You get to see like how people affect other people. You know what I'm saying? When those people think that person is someone, and that person is someone. You know what I'm saying? But when you see other people believe that too, you know what I mean? It's like a sense of star power. You know what I'm saying? Shit is real. Corey, so, you know, at this point, the time you mentioned, you graduated school early, man. Was there ever a thought to go to college? And if not, what were your plans after high school? Man, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be an astronaut at one time. And I'm afraid really? of crazy. <laughs> but I'm like, nigga, I want to go see space. That was a time where I really like, damn, I want to be an astronaut. I was telling my mom and shit. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I think that's when I was in my conspiracy bag. Maybe I was gonna try to go up and nigga bring the truth back or something. I don't know. But <laughs> that was thought at one time. But uh shit. College. Um I, I didn't know what I wanted to go for if I would have went. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, all my friends started going and talking about their college experiences and shit. 
And you know, when you see see them moving on and progressing and doing certain things, you're like, damn, maybe I should have went. Like, or you go to different cities and different states. And people just know all these people or this nigga a capital. So automatically he done started to come. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like little mm-hmm. things. You're like, damn, maybe I should have did that. But you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, what's not meant is not meant, and what's meant is meant. You know what I'm saying? So I mean. With the brain I got, I definitely could have went in the cell. But where I was at mentally, I would have went in there with uh, the right intentions, to say the least. So it didn't work out for me, not that way. Well, you got, you know, another form of education, man, and that was real-world education. Because, you you know, this when people in college, you had placements. You had songs that were, that were charting. Like, man, you were doing stuff with NBA Youngboy. You were doing stuff with, you know, Two chains, like, and I remember hearing you and uh, Monte talk a little bit about mainstream ratchet. Um, could you kind of expound on that a little bit for people? Mainstream ratchet. That was um, that was another dope experience. It's a record we did for Two Chains on Boats Two. Stands the second second album as Two Chains, and um, it was dope, man. We had went to the studio one night. And two times fuck with us from back then. You know what I'm saying? If you hear him on one of his projects, he said, uh, hit the D miles and I served big oomph. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think Pops used to get weed back in the early 2000s or some shit. And we always fuck with Shaka and Jeff and the whole DTP and Luda and all of them. So, you know, it was always mutual love just there, period. So we pulled up to the studio, got down one night. Cause he two times now, we always knew him as Titty Boy. So we pulled up on two times. And uh, Manny Fresh and that motherfucker cooking up on the iPad, bro. Mm. I'm talking about some crazy ass beats. Some crazy. I think that song he did, I still fucking like I used to. Yeah, that was on the iPad. That's crazy. Manny Fresh, I believe he did it on the iPad, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but at the, get back. At that time, um, yeah, he was, was in there playing and making beats on the iPad. Them bitches was hard, dog. But uh, so we came in. And um, we finally got to play some beats. And I don't really think it was too many beats he was really rocking with. And his one beat I had made was on like some Kanye shit. Cause I know at the time he was really, really fucking with good music. So um, my guy Calvin, the coordinator, he, uh, he was with us. He was like, man, play that one beat. And I was like, damn, you're right. I need to play that one beat. Cause Monte was playing beats. I think I sent Monte the Beatle, he already had or something. He played that bitch and that shit changed the whole tone of the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you hear that beat, it sound like some shit. He supposed to put Kanye on, you know what I'm saying? That's what I thought, because at the time, I think that was what he was thinking too. Like shit, you know, this some Kanye shit. And um, yeah, bro, that was crazy experience. That's still one of my favorite beats and one of my like, most unique beats that I done made, you know what I'm saying? It was something that uh, I really captured well, you know what I'm saying? When you get a thought in your head, sometimes it's hard to like bring that motherfucker all the way to life, like 100% yeah. where you see it. And that beat came out damn near 100% the way I seen it in my head. So it was dope, even though I didn't get Kanye on it. I mean, shit, at that time, what you know, what could I ask for? Hey, cool, I, got, I gotta ask you, man, because um, you know, 
at this time you were producing, but man, you also, and I know you've committed to producing, but you were also dabbling with art. You had dabbling also with making music yourself, man. Like what inspired you to to move from behind the keyboard to pick up a mic and start making music? And what did you get from your time as an artist? Well, when I was a kid, I used to like to rap. When I was a little kid, man, I always liked to rap. Like I got videos of me when I was like three or four five or some shit and I'm fucking trying to rap. I don't even know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was it was kind of natural. And I, I really been trying to rap over the years. I haven't dropped a project in five years now. You know what I'm saying? So I took a break from all that shit. I'm like I really wanna learn just the other side of the business as far as like when it comes to what to do when you have good music. You know what I'm saying? Because the business changed so much from when we was putting out records. You know it was a learning curve. But um, yeah, in that time, bro, I just wanted to get back to it. So uh, we had dropped the project. We dropped the mixtape with DJ Screen. And at that time, Screen was the hottest DJ. He was doing all the music. He was an MMG. He was charged 15, 20, 30,000 mixtape. And uh, he did that bitch for us for free. Man. Did it for us for free, bro. That was so much love. And uh, I used to be on like my lyrical shit. And at that time, like, I was listening to a lot of Wiz Khalifa. So like anytime I was like rapping, whatever I'm listening to, you kind of can hear if you like know what to listen for. You know what I'm saying? So if you go back and listen to like the first project I had put out in 2012, 2013, whatever, um, I was like kind of, yeah. Corey Robinson, man. I used to say my whole name and shit. Like, you know, young Wiz Khalifa used to be like young Khalifa, man. Would yeah, man. Do? You know that? Yeah. <laughs> I got a song like it was like cargoes, tuck tays, like I was really fucking with that movement. So you know what I'm saying, trying to find my own identity with still being myself, but kind of just being kind of too influenced. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was an interesting time. I couldn't really curse. I couldn't really like talk about shit I was really doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this shit was like interesting, bro. But I wanted to rap, but. Soon they'll put their project out. I'll be real with you, bro. Uh, four on the six. I actually really love that song. I, I, I do. I thought you had a really nice verse on the shit. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I know you probably, I know you probably over here like, oh no, but that, that shit was kind of that, that verse. I fuck with that hook. I wrote most of that hook too. Yeah, that shit was hard. Four on the six. Uh, 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 uh. It was some cool shit. You know what I'm saying? That's the time where we just wanted to start back building awareness that you know we still here. So it wasn't like, you know, we trying to drop songs and put a fucking million dollars into them bitches to make them be hits or some shit. But we just wanted to kind of build the awareness and let niggas know, yo, we still here. You know what I'm saying? We on that new shit, you know? But I appreciate it, though. I I, I, I like that song, too. Yeah, man. I just want to tell you that because shit was in my, my watch history a lot when, um, when I first got really tight with you. And I was like, yeah. man, I always love this song. But, um... Not to cut y'all, I got songs. I got at least over 100, 100 to 200 songs that I did over years. Now I'm being a grown man and going through shit and, you know what I'm saying, and all of those shit. So, you know, as we like keep figuring the formula out and uh, some of our artists get to be successful, I think I get back behind the mic. I'm just trying to, you know, lead the way right now and navigate. Speaking of that, you know, um, I, I want to ask you, 
when did you decide that you wanted to take on the the tremendous burden of being a next generation of big on records, man? When did you decide that? Um, about like when I really, really committed to it, and like I'm just I'm on camp, like I'm putting this shit on my back. You know what I'm saying? It's always in my blood. You know this shit is deeper than rap, so you know. You know, it's it's that's what it's gonna be. But about three, four years ago, like I said, once I started finding that consistency, you know what I'm saying, and building up certain relationships, I really, really, really took pride in this. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was younger, ten years ago or some shit, maybe <laughs> sixteen through eighteen or whatever. You know, we was more of a legacy label and we still are, but now we back putting ourselves in the forefront. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I wasn't really like trying to take pride and like lead the revolution or bring the bring the label back or not, you know, or any of that shit, honestly. But within the last three to four years, I'm really like, man, you know, on camp, we here to stay. And I understand that it's my duty. To, to try to make this shit pop. Well, to pop it one more time. Let me not say try. It's my duty to do this shit at least one more time. It's a whole new generation. So, and I'm a new generation. So it's like they 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 gotta know the history. Agreed, bro. So it's a very rich history. Scream spoken, very pro, you know, uh, very praiseworthy of it. And a lot of people in Atlanta. If you're from the city for real, for real, you know what you, you know, you know the legacy. Um I have to ask you um, in that same vein, man, you know, it's so much in your catalog you've done, but I want to know what was uh, what was the uh, first moment where I guess you felt like, you know what, I've, I've made it. I think I've reached a plateau that I don't think anybody before me did. What was that first big moment for you? I know you've had placements, but what was the one moment, I guess, where you felt accomplished as a producer? Man, honestly, like I said, since, you know, I got big shoes to fill, bro. Like, you do. Like, Monte got a diamond record. He does. That bitch still going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, just honest, I never felt like I made it. You know what I'm saying? I got to get a platinum first. That's real. You know what I'm saying? Shit. So, I mean, I'm making it, though. You know, and I'm proud of myself, you know, for keeping going. In times where um, I couldn't really see the light, bro. You know what I'm saying? And shit, a lot of people around me thought that I probably should give up too. Getting older, you know, shit. We are legacy like, like, you know, something start to look a little cloudy. I think now it looks like, damn, you know, Big Corey probably gonna really do this shit. But it's a time, even my mom was like, son, you know, you probably should uh, go to the Air Force. Real shit. Mm. Yeah, that's real as hell, bro. You know what I'm saying? These my folks, you know, they come, like, they started this shit. Hell yeah. My pops always told me, hey, son, you know, it's not a promise, you know, shit. Put all your eggs in your basket, in one basket if you want to, but it's not a promise. That's OG so, talk. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's big, dog. But, you know, just being honest, bro, I never necessarily felt like I made it because I just know, like, how much it is to do and how far it is to go. Then when I'm got around guys, like, tricky, Dallas and you know all these other guys, Tunk and Tunk, all these other guys. So 
But for what for what we want to go, we just starting, bro. For sure, man. I can I can agree to that because like I said, I know you have big plans, and that 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 gets me to my next question, man. You know, you have a, <laughs> you have a real I'm not even gonna say dominant or rough, but you have a a major talent in Wicks, man. Um, how would you? I remember you guys posted a picture the other day. You were like, you know, Dr. Dre and uh, Slim Shady type shit. Uh, what do you value about uh, working with Wicks? And I guess my other question would be, what role is he going to play in the success of Big Old Records? Man, that's a great question. What do I value the most out of working with Wicks? I've grown a lot. Creative. Like I was saying, um, hanging around Dallas and all those type of people at an early age. I get to see him working with people from Europe, flying in people from Tokyo, fucking Diddy at his studio, Son Garrett. Like, so you can imagine at a young age, I'm hearing some fucking amazing music, like all type of shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, we we was mostly urban, you know what I'm saying? Like gangster rap, dance and shit like that. So. You know, it wasn't really like too much. But when we got low, Monte stepped into the pot world crazy. So I started hearing like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of shit. But it was um it was different. It was different. So man, what does uh what do you hope Wix will bring to the next legacy of Big Hope because y'all are already showing that you're versatile and that you're going in a different direction. What is it that you think he's going to bring to the label? Um, a global reach. A global reach. I think we're going to reach a few areas and a few genres and um, a few places that we never reached before. You know, we we really touching a lot of different spectrums with this music stuff, as far as all the different types of music that we do. You know, so it's something for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And these days, social media and you know, all these different platforms, it gives everybody a voice or a chance to be a voice for so many different communities of people. You know, so I just see like his concerts, bro, being tied in of everybody, you know, blacks, whites, what Martin Luther King say, blacks, whites, Mexicans, everybody got down. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking the great dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, and for me, uh, it brings, it just brings like a different light to what we do, especially as a label. Most people know us for, you know, harder music or more urban music. This, this, this gives us a chance to expand, you know. And for me personally, for me, sorry, for me personally, it's big for like black kids to know that, hey, you can do this type of music too. You know, you can produce and write these type of records. You don't necessarily gotta just do trap or anything. Like you can enjoy this type of music, you know what I'm saying? Just be a, still a cool dude, you know what I'm saying? You ain't gotta be weird or nothing to, to, to be more than what they give us, you know what I'm saying? No, I definitely agree, man. And I, I was gonna say, you know, when you look at the roster and you look at the directions that you're going in, you already kind of breaking the box, which is important. So this will be my question, you know, because you're, you know, you're working at the helm of the label. Who are some artists that people 
don't need, uh, I'm not going to say don't need, but who are some artists that people don't know about and how would you describe their music to people that are listening? Um, Let's see. We got Wix. Wix is universal. Still growing, still up and coming artist. We got Shante. She's uh, very sensual, very, you know, sexy R&B side. Um, we got Chico Foy. It's fucking the burst of energy. It's a Puerto Rican. You don't speak no fucking Puerto Rican, no Spanish, though. But you know what I'm saying? My dog, Puerto Rican. And uh, he's from Florida. So, you know, he he got that um that 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 super turn energy. You know what I'm saying? So Chico's super dope. We have Capi Cool, he's another Spanish artist. He's like really a Spanish artist. He's super dope. Um Stormy. Stormy is fire. He's like uh fucking if Young Thug and Travis Scott was like family. We mm-hmm. like both. You know what I'm saying? Shit. I think, think that's everybody. Yeah, and then the rest I think are producers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm excited about everybody. You know, everybody's gonna have their own time. Um, but you know, everything we doing, I think we're doing it, you know, with the purpose, I like to believe. So everything gonna find its way. It will. Corey, uh, you know, you've been traveling a lot and, and, you know, 2022, 2023, you've been in L.A. a lot. Um, What? uh, I'm not even going to say what. No, I will say what. What are are some things that you've been working on and what can people expect from you this year? Okay, okay. Um, Let's see. We got Wix, of course. That's because, you know, I've been working on that for the last three years. So I'm always saying first. <laughs> so all my time that went there. So we got Wix. We got Shante. We have uh, another artist that I worked close with. She was pretty dope. She's a new artist as well. Soraya, the artist. She's pretty dope. She's like a eclectic, like a like a new age Erica Badu mixed with a splash of alternatives. So it's, it's, it's super dope. Um, the Kiki Palmer project, which is actually a movie as well, I believe that you know that'll be going to either Amazon or one of these platforms. And then um, I just had some records dropped on a uh, Big Day. She signed to Alamo. You know they got Little Dirt and Ride Wave, so we just dropped our first single. I want to say a week or two ago. Nice. That's what I was working on last time I was in LA. You know we just had two on Flow Millie. Uh, Earth Game, we got some more records dropping on Earth Game. Probably got some more records dropping on Flow Millie. We just did the Swapness Sister show as well. That was uh, Fox Soul, so we scored all the music for that show. Um, man, it's a lot of stuff going on. I, I get to talking. So, I mean, you can look forward to the Kiki Project. I believe that drops at the end of this month or the top of next month. More Wicks, more Shante, more Soraya, uh, more records from Big Jade. And I got some things, I got some more shit, but like, till I know like the, the ink dry, you know, I don't even wanna, you know, Can't I don't wanna- it right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't wanna count my money till it's in my pockets. I understand, that's smart. You can't you can't count it until it's in your pocket. Yeah, man, but uh, a lot of shit I'm excited, man. I'm excited about it. Corey, you know, uh, and I know people have talked about it, you know, with a story as rich as you all's, I know you all have to be thinking, 
how do we get people to know more about our story and how do we preserve it? Have you all given thought to how you all are going to tell the story of Big Oak Records? And this story started way before music. That's what makes it even better. You know, so I just think it's just been timing, bro. It ain't been, it, it's not over. You know what I'm saying? If we would have did a Big Oak Records documentary, then I go out here when it's time for me to, you know, take the throne or whatever and do some shit bigger than we ever imagined, then we got to do a whole nother documentary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. I do. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, at the time, like, bro, you know, I used to, I, I really used to feel a certain way about a lot of shit, bro, a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? But I really believe it just ain't been time for these things yet. You know, and with more people embracing their OGs and a lot of stuff going on in Atlanta, it's gonna be perfect time when the documentary or the movie or whatever comes that really portrays the history and the legacy. Corey, if I had to ask you, man, and, and you know, to make it plain for whatever viewers are listening or people that are gonna read the article, what do people need to understand about the big old legacy? How would you describe the the brand? It's authentic. It's authentic, you know. It's really no other way to put it, bro. We're a family. So we all love each other, work together. And that's all Big on Records ever been. The team, like-minded people with like-minded ambitions. You know what I'm saying? So it's authentic, bro. That's the best way to put it. You know, I ain't going to say we're the best and this. Woo, 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 woo. But we authentic and we damn so definitely. It's, if not the first, one of the first. So. You know, and that's something you got to respect. You got to respect who came before you. Corey, how can um, how can people stay in tune and in touch with what you got going on? Man, right now the best way to stay updated with me is Instagram. I'm um dropping a lot of content. Uh, you know, doing day in the life here and there. I like those too, man. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate it. And then um, just you know, that's 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 how to keep up with me every day. That's how it's the best way to contact me. So Instagram, we're going to try to get the YouTube wrapped up once the studio is done, you know, get some things set up in the right way. But uh, best way to keep up with us right now is Instagram, man. Bitcoin, follow me at Bitcoin Instagram. I got to ask you this because I'm a fan still, even though I'm, I'm writing about you. Man, when that on camp live coming back, though, man, stop playing with us, bro. Oh, no, nah, no, nah. we working on it, bro. We got, like, some super dope-ass episodes, too, like, some, some, some some big artists. So I want to say like within like the next month, we've been teasing it. It's just a lot of work to go into this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Company, bro, like we got a lot going on. You know, we're trying to do the TV show. Got artists, we got producers, you know, shit. Pub side, sinks, this, that. So, you know, Monte on the radio, it's, it's all type of shit going on. So it's a lot of moving parts. But um, like I say, time. We're just trying to time everything the right way. But we definitely got some dope episodes I'm excited about. Um, Corday, YBN Corday. A couple folks. I don't even want, I want it to just be a surprise. Mm -hmm. I'm excited though, man. It's, uh, it's going to be dope. A lot of people excited about it. So we looking forward. I won't press you for the names because I want to be surprised too. Um, 
Is it uh is it anybody you want to shout out and thank for the role that they played in your career? Um and shout out everybody, bro. It's 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 been a village around me, you know what I'm saying? So shout out everybody. I can't really say nobody in particular. You know, I told you Monte was my mentor, you know, for the most part. Freddie Bree, Freddie B. Pops, my dudes, you know, my sisters, my support, my foundation. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to you too. You got down keeping this shit going, brother. Hey, bro. Pleasure really mine, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah.